Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Disney pulls the Epcot Starbucks mug off the shelf. And in an unrelated story, they apparently have pulled 500 people out of their jobs. We'll tell you why. An unauthorized drone flying over the Magic Kingdom could prove problematic for a Canadian teenager. And John Magi is going to help demystify the Disney vacation account. Also, a little later on, we're going to discuss on-property hotels versus off-property. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 772 for the week of February 3rd, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Dreams experts, travel agents will help you plan every detail of your vacation at no additional charge. Learn more by visiting them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Kathy Whirling. Back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producer, Craig Williams, and our good friend, Rhino Clavin. And we are also joined by a special guest, one of our listeners and one of my friends, Tyler Allen. Hey, guys. Um, I'll talk to you in a second, Tyler, but first we just got to get to a couple of things in housekeeping. First, want to send our thoughts out to our friends in the Northeast and the Midwest right now, getting slammed again uh, with another winter storm. And uh, I think it's getting, you know, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough winter for you guys. And just know that, your friends who are here in sunny, warm Florida um, are thinking of you. It's very chilly here today. Feel bad for us. It was 61. I know. I had to put the top up. The convertible. Not him. Uh, <laughs> um, also, I uh, want to remind everybody about uh, the shows we have coming up this week. Uh, the Disneyland show, which goes live on Mixler.com, Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, and then goes up on iTunes on Monday, this week's Disneyland show. Tom Bell takes a look at the Desert Palms Hotel and Suites in Anaheim, and Tony Spatel has some tips for choosing a Southern California airport. In the news, the uh, team discusses last week's Diamond Celebration announcements. A lot of cool things uh, Disneyland is planning Mm -hmm. for the 60th week. Mentioned Very that last exciting. week, and I'm going to mention it again now. This is a really good year to go to Disneyland if you've been thinking about it. If you've been on the fence, go ahead and book. Um, already, we're seeing it on the Dream's End. It's getting very busy. That parade um, looks so cool. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. The fireworks, everything that they're doing looks amazing. So this is a great year for Disneyland. So if you're thinking about it, do it. Uh, also, uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m., The Trip with Jenny Lindup and Teresa Eccles. Uh, broadcast live, disunplugged.com. And on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged with host Craig Williams, along with Rhino Clavin, Jenny Lindup, and on alternating weeks, Julie Martin. See, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> this time. I remember this time. <laughs> this time. Um, so, um, really happy with all the shows. I mean, it's been... It's definitely been busy uh, this year doing three shows, but you know Dustin's barely holding it together. Yeah, I'm only losing my mind a little bit. I'm good. <laughs> um, now, last week I mentioned to everybody that we were going to be doing an update on Disboards.com, which uh, happened over the weekend, and uh, uh, I asked Alex Ivkovic, our IT guru and overall boards god. To join us, he's on Skype right now. How are you, Alex? Doing great, Pete. And uh, you look like you have relatively survived uh, the migration, or at least the first phase of the migration. He is 25 years old, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty pleased with where we're at, that's for sure. It went incredibly well, um, given the uh, given the complexity of what we had to do. As I mentioned last week, this is a big migration. We had to move. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much 60 million posts wow. from the old forums uh, to the new ones. Um, and the fact that it went off pretty much without a hitch was just stellar. So thank you, Alex, uh, for that. Um, 
that was the first phase of this migration, um, was getting the data over, getting everything that we could get moved over, moved over. Now it's about updating certain things like uh, the templates, the look and feel of the boards. Um, I need everybody to know that that is changing. Uh, these are not the permanent templates. Uh, the templates used in this version of uh, this forum software are completely different than the templates that... <laughs> Did you feel the tremor? Yeah. Um, than the templates that are used in vBulletin. So, Alex, talk a little bit about what's going on right now, especially like with search and some of the other functionality that we're working on. Sure. I mean, there, there are some things I'd really like people to know. Um, the first thing is, you know, I've heard people on the boards calling this an upgrade, and really it's not. We're moving to an entirely different software package. Where that becomes important is that, um, you know, people say, when are we going to get this back? When is this going to work? Well, it's a new package. It does different things, some better, some it doesn't have. So it's never going to go back to the way it was. Um, but some of the new features we've been able to include, um, just to give an example, I am so excited. We've been asking about this for years. You can actually upload pictures directly into your post now. That's awesome. Yeah, that's to really to cool. Site. That is just beyond huge. Um, people love that feature, that too. Mm -hmm. I got yeah. really excited. Um, you know, other stuff, we're going to try to put it back as much as we can, but just realize that this is sort of like shoving a, uh, a Chevy engine into a Ford. It's not <laughs> just, you know, tuning up and putting something bigger in. It's a, it's a whole other project. Um, the migration went great, as Pete said. I'm very happy. Um, we hired someone named John from Zenfora, who's an expert in it, invaluable assistance, and uh, it just, it all just went really well. We were down for about 17 hours, which for a forum with 51 million posts is just incredible. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't have asked for anything better. Um, moving forward, as Pete said, I know that uh, Corey and the design team is, are working on the styles. Um, and a lot of it's details. I saw a post from someone and I felt bad, and apparently they're visually impaired, and they were having trouble reading the boards. And I felt really bad for them because it's just not something I would have thought to test. So, right. you know, all of the feedback that you're putting on the um, on the technical support boards, we are looking at it, we're reading it. I mean, I can't promise you how long it's all going to take. There's a lot of work there. And there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you don't see that we're working on. But we will get to everything eventually. So just please be patient, bear with us, and um, start enjoying the new features. Well, I do want to mention the uh, the tech support board. We have a, a, a special sub-forum set up under tech support specifically for issues related to the new software, and we are all reading that. I'm reading it. Alex is reading it. Corey will. A few other people, the webmasters, the moderators, um, are all reading it and watching it and doing everything that we can. Again, it's going to take some time. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, like I said, you know, I, I was on the phone with Corey last night, and Corey was actually supposed to be here today, and he was like, there's no way. I, I have to keep working on these templates. Because I said, oh, you know, the templates should be fairly easy to, to do, and he, uh, because, you know, in, in vBulletin, they were. I mean, we knew vBulletin, so it was easy for us to make changes to the templates and do things like that. Corey's like, this is a whole new language. This is an entirely new uh, that, we're, that we're learning in terms of, you know, I change one thing and then something else isn't right. So it's a lot of testing having to make sure that we get these different color schemes right and get the look as close to what it was as we could. These were things we could not do really until the boards were until the boards were moved um because you know we thought okay this is okay that's okay and then you know when you launch something you realize okay we got to fix this but you know i'm very excited about the new software uh, mainly because there's no longer a need for that awful app i i know some people loved it um for a lot of us it just didn't work for me it i had a hard time getting that app to work and because it wasn't our app, we went through Forum Runner, uh, we had no control over it. And uh, so one of the things about these boards that I like is that they're, they're mobile friendly, they're responsive. So they'll work on your smartphone, they'll work on your tablet, they'll work on your computer. And uh, so far, I've been, I've been really enjoying that. I know some people are like, oh, I want my app back. The app isn't coming back. I'm just letting you know that right now. It's not coming back. Um, there's a number of reasons for it. Functionality is one of the main ones. Um, but also one of the considerations with, especially with large boards is monetization or the ads. And in the app, we had no control over that. And I'm sorry, but 
we have to consider that. So this is a compromise right now. This is I want people to be able to reach the boards, obviously, on a mobile site, but uh, these boards don't run for free. Uh, the people who work the boards don't work for free. Um, and so there has to be some monetization. I want to provide them free of charge to all of you, um, but we've got to make money on them. It's just that simple. So we try and do our best to balance out those needs against the user experience. Uh, and this is one of those places that I've decided to do that. So for those of you complaining about there's no app and we want an app and we want Tapa Talk, it's not just not in the cards. It's not going to happen. Um, so there's that. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was very direct with everyone regarding that and the reasons why. Not going to be, you know, not going to dance around it. Um, you know, there are technical issues. There are control issues. And yes, we need to have control over our boards and how they, how they look and how they behave and their functionality. And we have to have control over the ads. And if we can't have that, then we can't do it. Um, it's just that simple. So um, now, Alex, I know you're working on search as we speak. Um, how's that going? Search is going good. Um, the reindexing only takes a couple hours, but we've just had some technical glitches. Um, we're the, the second largest forum on the Zenforo software, um, period. Um, and so it's just some technical stuff with the amount of posts we have and stuff. I expect it. I mean, stuff can always happen, but I'm hoping it's working in the next 24 hours or so. It'd be awesome. So anything else you want to make sure people know about? Yeah, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Um, the other big question I saw on the boards are, why did we have to do this? Everything was great. Why did we have to change it? And I did want to address that question. Um, the software we were on was from a company called vBulletin. And about seven years ago, they were bought by a company called Internet Brands. To make a long story short, they hadn't come out with a version in seven years that would run a board as big as ours. And if you're in software or IT at all, you know that seven-year-old software is scary dangerous. Um, <laughs> There was no more security updates, no more safety. We couldn't move forward with anything. We couldn't change anything. So we did have to do this. There yes. really wasn't any choice in the matter. And I just kind of want to make that clear. We, we didn't do it to torture anyone or because we thought it would be fun. I mean, we really had no choice in the matter. And we've been talking about this for, Pete, two or three years. Oh, I think it's been longer than that. You started, I think you started raising the flag for me about four years ago. Um, right. Saying and, that we are going to have problems here. We weren't able here. to find anything that would work for us. And this was... Um, you know, extensive searching. This was by far the best thing we could find to, to run our boards, but we did have to do it. So, and we looked at with us. <laughs> we looked at a, a number of options, not just other forum software, but we actually looked at one point at developing it ourselves, uh, hiring somebody to build our own, you know, custom custom designed forums, yeah. and that was just, you know, and Zenforo did present the best option for us. Um, software that we can't update, software that we can't patch, software that we can't develop, that we can't add new things to, new functionality. Um, just not wasn't wasn't going to work for us. And if anything had happened, Alex kept kept saying this: if anything happens to these boards, we get no support from V Bulletin. There was no technical support at all from V Bulletin. So if anything major happened to these boards, we were we were left holding the bag. So these are, you know, I, I realize that for the end user, sometimes it, it seems that these are just random decisions that we make. Absolutely. The boards are concerned. No such thing as a random decision. Everything is considered. Everything is considered and a lot of different outlook, a lot of different angles are looked at, especially with something this major. So I know a lot of you like it. Some of you, uh, you know, because it's change and, you know, fire bad and you're throwing rocks at the moon, you're not happy with it, but... You know, this is where we are, and I hope you'll at least give it a chance and be patient with us as we get these things uh, we get these things ironed out. We're listening to all the feedback. We're going to continue to listen to the feedback and adjust as much and as quickly as we can. So, Alex, I know you have to get back to work, but uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, please stay warm, dry, and safe. It's uh, 17 degrees, and I got three foot of snow in the yard. Don't you love it? Good to see everybody, and you guys have a great day. Thanks again, Alex. Bye, Alex. So that's that with the boards. And uh, anything else in housekeeping? I have two. Okay. I have two today. I have been notified by the planning divas from New England that you (laughs) – that was them. That was was them. (laughs) Heard you. (laughs) That people, if you're coming to the New England meet, you should be keeping September 18th through the 20th available. 
Okay. They are suggesting that you not go out and buy your plane tickets as of yet until everything is made a permanent announcement, but that is where things are headed. This 18th through the 20th of September. Okay. Autumn in New England. I also have to say, because we're not going to be here for the next couple of weeks, I have to wish John a happy birthday. Yeah. That's right. Happy birthday. John's birthday, birthday John. is the 21st, and he will be um, AARP eligible. Yep. All right. Ooh. Excellent. <laughs> John and I are 10 weeks apart, born at the same hospital. Wow. <laughs> North Hudson Hospital in Weehawken, which is no longer there. He's no longer there. There's a plaque. <laughs> Just a big hole in the ground. <laughs> Just remembering for us. There's a plaque. <laughs> Commemorating that that's where we were born. (laughs) Those are my two. All right. Anything else? I have one. This is from Tom Bell. It's for the Coasting for Kids. It's coming up in, okay, in in June 7th, June 7th. And it takes place on both coasts. I don't have my glasses on. I didn't make my print really big this time. But keep June 7th in mind if you're interested in the fundraising for uh, Coasting for Kids, which is the money goes to give kids the world. Awesome. So that's mine. All right. Anything else, housekeeping? Anything else? Yeah. Tyler, let's chat with you a little bit. Um, Tyler, uh, Tyler's a, a, a fan of the show and uh, has been listening for a while. And um, we got to know each other uh, a lot better on uh, Podcast Cruise 5. Yes. Yeah. And we've met a couple times, but mm-hmm. we actually had a chance to actually say, we had mm-hmm. a really good conversation that night up on yeah, deck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm kind of a gypsy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I work in film and TV production. Uh, I went to college for that several years ago. Um, got out of school, had the chance to write. Uh, I co-wrote a film, and then I directed it. Uh, and then inadvertently ended up starring in it. That was not the original plan, but that's just how it felt. The producer asked me to do it, and so I did it. I uh, realized I'd never worked on anyone else's set before, and I needed that experience. So I just started soaking it up and doing whatever I could to get on the bigger $100 million movies, $40 million movies, whatever, and, and just learn, be a fly on the wall, and get paid at the same time. And yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I'm just kind of jumping around, doing whatever sounds good. Tell us some of the projects you've worked on. Uh, I've worked on The Walking Dead recently. I just wrapped a show called Powers. It's for the PlayStation Network. Um, I worked on The Hunger Games, the third one. I uh, worked on Insurgent, the uh, sequel to Divergent that's coming out. Um, worked on Dumb and Dumber 2. Just a lot of stuff. Wow. Just a that's lot of cool. stuff to keep yeah. busy. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm like a gypsy. I just kind of roam. And just... <laughs> but isn't that normal in that in that line of work? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I've, I've, I've gotten to do some like really random stuff, too, that like didn't really have anything to do with filmmaking. I got the opportunity to work with David Copperfield, the magician, for a wow. while. Uh, for a short while, I worked with him. And uh, just stuff that I never saw myself doing. You know, I when I was a kid, things I dreamed about doing. But you kind of go, oh, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, that actually transpires you know things like that working jim carrey was one of my you know favorite actors growing up and you know david copperfield oh my god the magic and making the statue of liberty disappear and all that stuff i was you know you get starstruck a little bit this is my life you know (laughs) this is what i got to do to make money that's awesome that's awesome well i'm glad you're here and by all means kind of kind of chime in wherever you want (laughs) okay Join in. You gotta. You gotta be fast with this group, right? Um, oh, let me say something on the disboards real quick because I was browsing it this morning. I like it. I'm a user. I know I'm not an IT guy. I'm not an IT guy in the least. You know, I can I can plug the computer and that's it. But like, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. And I, I personally, my preference, uh, I have enough apps on my phone that mess up. So if it doesn't work right, I would just assume that it's better. To not have an app, frankly, yeah. just have the direct access. Make a link on your, you know, on your home screen for it. Right. Well, that's what we kind of been telling people to do w- yeah. with that. But um, you know, look, it's. I understand that change, you know, doesn't doesn't always appeal to people. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of expect that, and and I really do understand it. And I just ask the people be patient and mm-hmm. give it a chance. Um, it's great software. It does a lot of stuff that V Bulletin didn't. And we're launching it with its base functionality. There's a lot of functionality I plan to add to this. I don't want to do it right away because that would have been too much on our tech team. That would have been too much on our users. But we want to get through the migration process. Right now, that process is about getting search back online. It's about getting the templates adjusted. It's about getting your tags back 
and things like that and kind of working on those issues. And then once all that's kind of settled down and everything's kind of running and we kind of know where we're at with it, then we're going to start adding some. There's a lot of great functionality that we can add to this, uh, to the software. And that was one of the big, big reasons I wanted to move to it because I couldn't do it with vBulletin. I would go to these guys and say, hey, can we do this? Well, yeah, but not with this version of the software, and we can't. We're too big to upgrade to any of the other versions. I think the picture thing alone is worth the the mm-hmm. non price of admission. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. I think that's cool. Like, Photo yeah. Bucket's going to be upset because everybody had to have a place to put their photos, yeah. and the fact that now you can just put it up on the website—that's awesome. So much yeah. easier. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. so much Cut easier. Out the, yeah. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Our fans in chat want to know, oh. do you know what Zac Efron and Robert De Niro are filming in I, uh, I, I do, actually, and I was just talking about that with you guys. Uh, I don't think I'm really allowed to talk about it, but I, I do. I actually have friends working on the movie. Uh, <laughs> it is a movie, so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's I a non-answer. No, that's cool, yeah. Catherine, I tried to get him to answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, go ahead and move on to our poll results from last week. We asked, would you consider staying off-site when visiting Walt Disney World? Unsurprisingly, 59% of you said no. It was Disney hmm. all the way. Uh, 26% of you said maybe if the price was right. And 15% of you said you often stay off-site. And that is going to be the topic of our segment this week. On-site versus off-site, the pros and the cons, things you need to know and consider when making that decision. And our winner this week from our random draw is Brian Miller. You have a $50 Disney gift card coming to you. We do that every week. We draw one person at random from those who answer our poll and we award them a $50 Disney gift card. So Brian, uh, you have a message waiting for you in Facebook from me. Just give me the information and we'll get that right out to you. Um, This week's poll, I decided I wanted to ask a question for Another segment that we're thinking about doing, how far in advance do you plan your Disney vacation? More than one year, nine to 12 months out, six to nine months out, three to six months out, or less than three months. And if you give me a second, I will tell you where we are with the with that poll the currently, standings. the current state. Already has. I only posted it like a few minutes before the show, and it's already six, got over six hundred responses. <laughs> um, vast majority of you right now saying forty-one percent, uh, nine to twelve months, twenty-five um, percent more than a year in advance. Wow. Twenty percent, six to nine months. Nine uh, percent of you, three to six months, and just under five percent saying less than three months. So that poll is going to run all week. It closes Monday uh, next Monday at nine a.m. And again, we'll draw somebody's name at random. From those who answer the poll, you want to check that poll out, uh, facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged. It's also on the Diz Facebook page, the Dreams Facebook page, my Facebook page. (laughs) Um, So it's out there. Go ahead and answer it and let us know how far out do you normally plan your Disney vacations. So with that, we're going to throw it over to Johnny with this week's news. Excellent. All right. Well, before we start with the news, I just want to say I learned something from Alex just now. Apparently, seven years is too old for software. (laughs) <laughs> who knew I'm running Windows 98 uh, and our first news story Disney World pulls Epcot Starbucks mug with purple monorail Walt Disney World is pulling one of its exclusive new Starbucks coffee mugs sold at Epcot because the mug's design, mugs design includes one of Disney's monorails with a purple stripe uh, Disney's monorail purple was involved in a deadly 2009 crash in which monorail pink backed into the purple train, killing its pilot, 21-year-old Austin Winterberg. The coffee mug, unveiled earlier in January, is part of Starbucks' quote, You Are Here collection, depicting stylized scenes from cities around the world, usually using just a few colors. The Magic Kingdom mug, for example, shows Cinderella's castle, Space Mountain, and a teacup from the Mad Tea Party, all colored only in shades of blue, yellow, and gray. But the Epcot mugs design, which also shows Spaceship Earth, the Land Pavilion, and several World Showcase landmarks, uses only shades of blue, gray, and purple, including a purple stripe on the monorail. Disney confirmed it was pulling the mug from sales for that reason. 
Following the 2009 crash, Walt Disney World retired both the pink and purple colors from its 12-train monorail fleet, adding monorails teal and peach in their place. I think it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. You know, just out of respect. I think it's a huge overreaction. I'm so sorry this young man died, but, you know, people are killed in, you know, Chrysler minivans all the time. They don't pull them off the road. Well, no, I, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that just in for a Starbucks mug. Yeah, we can pull that in exchange for the memory of someone who died. Um, You know, this is a little different than. I wonder if anybody would have thought of that if they didn't. Did anyone think? I I didn't think of that. I wanted to get the mug because it was an Epcot mug and Epcot's my favorite. And again, I don't mean I please, please, please. I am not besmirching this young man's passing. I swear, I'm very sensitive to that. But I think to myself, did anyone say I'm not buying this mug because it's purple? I don't think that's. I don't think that needs to be the reason that they do it. But I think just the realization that you know what that monorail purple was the monorail that he died in, and just out of respect, right then and there, irregardless of whether it's selling or not selling, just out of respect, because it was a big issue. It was a. It was a, a terrible tragedy. Absolutely. Uh, um, and just out of respect, I thought. I, I, I thought it was a. It was a good thing. It was but a did, good thing to do. The, the part of all that that bothered me is. Did you see the auctions up on eBay? That that yeah, oh, and yeah. that was inevitable. Disgusting. Yeah, yes. that, it's disgusting, and it was inevitable too. Because anytime you take something like that, people are going to jump on it, and oh, it's a rare collector now. Oh, it's it was, yeah. it's, it's, you I know, it's taboo. The accident. I did not remember that it was a purple, purple. monorail. No. I, I didn't remember until I read the article. Mug, right? No, I don't. Oh. I didn't get there Craig, in time. Do you have it? I do have it. Is it blatantly purple, or according to this, it sounds like it's kind of a washed out? color like it's not prominent i mean it's it looks basically exactly like the picture that we have on the slide for the video version of the show um you can you can blatantly tell that it's purple however you know with the whole color scheme of the mug it's it kind of all <laughs> blends in together it looks yeah. beautiful you don't your eye doesn't go to it right away and say oh my gosh that's a purple monorail and everything else is gray and blue it all just blends so well together yeah. that was a complete oversight i don't i don't, yeah. I, I, don't yeah. I think that was something so innocent that somebody later on down the line I, did, did somebody complain about it did the new it, story it, doesn't say but doesn't i assume say, okay. they received complaints okay it's that just sense. it's just the result of a two or three color printing process there was no intent to right of course. of course someone else pointed out that it actually maybe it's a tribute this person said, you know, it would have been a silent tribute to a young man who passed away. And I think Mr. Or, Mr. or Mrs. Optimistic, though. I like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's certainly, that's <laughs> yeah. certainly possible um, to look at it that way. And that's not a terrible way to look at it. But, you know, it's, I, in my opinion, I, I think pulling it off the shelf was respectful. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe there was any malice here on Disney's part or anybody else's part that they were being insensitive or overlooking it. But once it was pointed out saying, hey, you know what? We'll just pull it off. We'll do something else. Um, it is a beautiful mug. Mm-hmm. I mean, no question about it. Can I? Let me ask you guys this. Did any of you, I guess some, some, somebody answered this already. Did any of you ever associate that with it before you heard about this? Did you, mm-hmm. did, when you saw the no. mugs yeah. unveiled, you never No, I remember, the accident. The, right. I remember the I remember the accident. I remember the time very yeah. well. But if you said to me, what color were the two monorails? I couldn't have yeah. told I, you. Me neither. No. no, and like I said, I huh. wanted it because it was Epcot, not because, oh, look, there's a purple monorail on there. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think, I, I I think it's a it would have been a lot more insensitive to leave it there after it was oh, pointed yeah. out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Than to than, than in pulling it. So I, I see think, they have one at Downtown Disney too that we were there last night that they have for Orlando. So oh. if you want a Orlando mug, you can get. Oh, they have those in most cities. Most, cities most bigger yeah. cities have yeah. them. Yeah, the city uh, uh, specific ones that you can only get in each. Yeah. But it was the same, you know, just. Two or three colors. Hmm. All right. Moving on to our second news story. Unauthorized drone flies over Disney and (laughs) Universal. On New Year's Eve 2015, a consumer drone hovered above Disney's Magic Kingdom, capturing unauthorized aerial video of the New Year's Eve fireworks display. Footage, including flaming embers zooming past the unmanned aircraft, was posted on YouTube by a user with the screen name, your flying camera. 
who claimed to be a 16-year-old vacationing from Canada. See? Again, Canadians. <laughs> In other words... The Who's the Canadian Air Force? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. I love Canada. I love Canada and I love Canadians. I'm just, just funning with you guys. <laughs> In other videos, the teen's dro- drone flies over Space Mountain at the Magic Kingdom, looks down upon swimmers at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park, peeks into the construction zone where workers are building a new Avatar attraction at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and soars over the top of the 14-story Contemporary Resort Hotel. The teen also took his drone for a flight above Universal Orlando, operating it from a secluded sidewalk near the Hard Rock Hotel. In the videos, the drone appears to buzz less than 100 feet over the heads of visitors at Universal CityWalk. It then shoots up over the entry arch of Universal Studios theme park and hovers above the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket roller coaster. It's beautiful, said Guy Haggard, an aviation attorney who was recognized by the FAA, uh, but Guy, who thinks the drone could pose a safety risk to people on the ground if it were to fall from the sky. And based on the teen's YouTube videos, Haggard believes some of the drone flights are illegal and may violate federal Aviation Administration's guidelines. Quote, all drones are aircraft and subject to FAA regulations, said Haggard. Uh, In the wake of the September 11th attacks, Congress established a no-fly zone over a portion of Disney's property in 2003. The FAA classifies it as, quote, national defense airspace. Um... In a Facebook chat, a person claiming to be the teen who operated the drone posted the drone videos on YouTube, told Local 6 he was unaware of Disney's airspace restrictions at the time of flight. Quote, now I know, wrote the anonymous YouTube user, (laughs) who said he received the DGI Phantom Quadcopter drone as a gift over the holidays. Uh, This is the same type of radio-controlled aircraft that recently crashed on the lawn of the White House, which is also covered by FAA flight restrictions. Uh, Then it goes on to say about how Disney's private property and blah, 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 blah. And uh, one of the things that it does point out, the story points out too, is that Universal does not have a no-fly zone over its particular property, but this still posed a threat (coughs) to guests. Right. I'm surprised that laws and regulations regarding the operation of these drones has not come faster. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, technically, the FAA is is falling back on their aircraft, so they're covered. Um, so that may technically be true, but there's a lot of holes in it that need to be closed fast. Um, someone flew a drone. You know, it was innocuous, apparently, but someone flew a drone onto the lawn of the White House while the president was there. Um, that in and of itself should scare the hell out of everybody. Um, Disney is, after, as, as the story mentioned, after 9-11, uh, due to the fact that they had intelligence that Disney, Disneyland and Disney World were both considered targets. Um, no-fly zones were established over both of those uh, parks. It's not just World. Uh, Disneyland has it as well. Um, and Universal, I guess, because it wasn't identified as a target, doesn't have the, the no-fly zone. But now the argument is coming about, you know, do you own the airspace over your land? Um, and can Universal consider that uh, trespassing? And at what height? Is it at 100 feet, at 500 feet, at 1,000 feet? Um, these the are all issues, things that One of the issues to- with that is also because Universal is directly in, in the flight path of OIA, yes. the airport. So they have a little bit of a more trouble, you know, saying that you can't fly over them. But right, right. Well, I mean, I, obviously, at ten thousand feet, um, I think that's probably not an issue. But in terms of where drones can fly, um, and you know, there there just has to be consideration of the safety factor, not just the safety of people on the ground. Obviously, that's important because you know we tried flying one of these things once. <laughs> And we did it here, you know, on my lawn. Um, and the thing stayed airborne for about three seconds before we all ran for cover because it was coming right at us. Did you see his video? This kid was really good at it. Well, that's the other thing. He got this at, for Christmas. 
And on New Year's Eve, he was able to fly it over a rip-ride yeah. rocket and pause it so you could see the thing come over the top. And I think, you've been at this longer than Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, we weren't that coordinated with it. Um, I mean, the whole issue with it, too, is it doesn't matter how good you're flying it. You never know when a gust of wind is going to come and mm-hmm. knock it off. It, he was. They showed it come down to him at Universal. He was standing at one of the uh, the walking paths going from Hard Rock Hotel to Uni- walking path. and it kind of it jets out so he would have had a, a sight line of where the drone was but it's still really far away and you know from 300 feet up dropping down if those suckers are heavy if they land on you they're killing you well i thought about he got close enough to rip ride rocket imagine if it hit somebody on that ride, right. that would have right. killed well, they're dead. however fast that ride goes. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the number of safety issues. It's are, not, I, <laughs> I was worried about it from a privacy issue. When you go to a Disney park, you give, you know, like your consent because you bought a ticket, you crossed over. You know, there's reasonable expectations. Disney owns your image and all that stuff right. that they say and in their ticket meetings. What happens when the drone goes over and captures you? Who's to say something doesn't? Well, it, in terms of that, in terms of that, uh, for non-commercial use, uh, when you are in a public place where you have a reasonable expectation of having your picture taken, you have no rights to that. You have no privacy rights there. You're in a public place. People have cameras. The likelihood that your picture is going to get taken is high. So there is for non-commercial use. There is you. You really you have nothing there. Um, How about? Um, you know something sinister that you could put on the drone well absolutely Absolutely. well that's the safety issue yeah i mean that becomes the safety issue and that is where i think we are in a place right now where with the faa not uh not closing up some of these loopholes that exist where drone flights are concerned uh that unfortunately is the big issue and i hope and pray that we have learned as a government and as a nation, not to wait for something awful to happen right. before we close those loopholes. Amen. <laughs> and I'm hoping that that changes because personally, I think it's insane for people, a lot of people, to have be flying around unlicensed, unrecognized, untrackable aircraft. Because that's what these are. Whether they can only go a few hundred yards or whatever – they are a potential danger, and I think we need to be in front of do, that, not behind it. Do you remember when uh, iPads came out and people started carrying them to the parks, and you'd see one every once in a while, and then you'd see another one, and you see now I see them all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know who wants to carry an iPad around unless they're doing work for you know, like you guys going to the parks, doing a blog or something like that. I can see it for typing purposes, and then you got your camera, which isn't really that good. But I don't want it to be something like that where. Drones are now getting more speed. They're getting more popular. They're getting cheaper. GoPros attached it on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a colleague, James Suttles. He flies these things professionally, the mega expensive ones with camera rigs. Uh, you know, they make sure everything's safe before they go out and do that when they're flying. But that's a, un- under controlled circumstances being done from exactly. motion pictures. Very different. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And now if you put a 16-year-old kid that may be very talented. I haven't seen the video yet. I heard about it. But... Um, I, it's cool, but at the same time, it's it's what everybody's saying here. I think it's very uh, dangerous. You know, putting that around a roller coaster, one it, say say it's not even a user error. Say it's a technical error. Say you know there's there's radio waves and everything else going around. You know, say something just glitches for a second, and that thing just and it takes somebody's head. Right. Really, you know, it's, was it worth it? Chat you know? seems to think that would not be an issue. Because they're made out of balsa wood or lightweight foam or whatever. (laughs) And I think to myself, you're riding in a 50-mile-an-hour vehicle and a piece of balsa wood hits you in the face? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anything hitting me on a ride. If you had a camera attached to it, that's going to hurt. Yeah, absolutely. The drones had... Rhino Rhino keeps wanting to get something in here. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Rhino. Uh, Well, it's just surprising to me that you say that um, that they... qualify it as uh, an aircraft but you don't need some sort of permit or license to buy it i mean i guess you don't Hence need a license to buy a car but yeah that's it's just like it, it's just i i wonder if they just don't know where to draw the line of well, like here's my rc you don't need you know, a license airplane. to buy a car but you do need a license to drive it right um, yeah. <laughs> and and so in terms of these 
you know, it's something I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is, but obviously just allowing it to be anybody who wants to buy one can buy one and fly it you probably it isn't a good policy. Yeah. Probably isn't a good policy. Well, there was one on the news the other day that there was a pilot record, reported seeing one at like 7,000 feet. Is that okay? No. Are we concerned about that? Especially not I at 7,000 feet. Yeah. No. I mean. <laughs> how, how it's operating at 7,000 feet is beyond me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, all right. We got to move on here right. because we're, we're late. Our third and final news story. 500 Disney information technology workers were laid off. WESH.com reports that about 500 information technology workers at Disney were laid off on Friday, January 30th. The employees did not want to be interviewed on camera by the news station in hopes that they could find other jobs within the company. In the Team Disney parking lot, employees were seen carrying boxes to their cars. Many of these cast members helped in the development of My Magic Plus and Magic Bands. Many Disney IT jobs have been outsourced internationally since 2002, when the India-based 2012, when the India-based HCL took over Disney's IT contract, Jack A. Waller, Disney spokeswoman, said, "Quote: We are restructuring our global technology organization to find to support future innovation and new te- and new capabilities, and will work with leading technical firms to maintain our existing systems." She also said that there were not 500 layoffs, but could not would not give an exact 494. Number. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know the most. I, I'm I'm very sad to hear anybody losing their job. 500 people in particular right now. Um, very sad to hear that. I'm more angry to hear that Disney is outsourcing their IT to India. Yeah. Um, personally, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with sending American jobs overseas. Mm-hmm. I understand the business reason to do it. It is less expensive, although that now is arguable where India is concerned because so much of this business went over there. The standard of living has risen, mm-hmm. and the amount they have to pay their workers has risen. So there's not that much of a difference. You see a lot of companies bringing it back. But for a company, and I know I'm going to get emails on this, but so what? For a company as iconic an American company as iconic as Disney to be putting Americans out of work to send those jobs overseas, I have a problem with that. I have a real problem with that. I think it's beneath the dignity of the brand. And this is not about, you know, I hate Indians. Um, I don't wish ill on anybody. But right now we need those jobs here. We need those jobs here. And there sometimes has to be a line between corporate responsibility and profits. And, you know, I think this kind of, for me personally, falls into that gray area. As a, as, as a habit, as a, as a general rule, <clears throat> if I'm doing business with a company and I call for support and I'm connected to Mumbai, it is the last time I do business with that company. <laughs> um, and uh, I've had a lot of bad experiences with that. I don't think they're as well-trained in many cases as uh, American companies doing their own support, train their people. Um, and so for me, if I, uh, I, I, I choose not to do business with companies who do that, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop going to Disney World. But so far, anytime I've called CRO or... Uh, called into Disney, I, I haven't been moved to Mumbai, so at least they haven't moved <laughs> reservations over there. So this is obviously, I think, is internal technical support. Right. Um, yeah. And this is not unusual. Disney's done this several times in the past. They purge their IT department after a big project, and they they bring in other people. You know, the truly American thing to do would have been to hire kids. <laughs> <laughs> Eight and nine-year-olds. <clears throat> <laughs> College program. I'm not right. <coughs> you're not right. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I mean, I think I think uh, when you're making record-breaking profits and you've got hit after hit and you're spending billions on properties and and you've got 500 Americans, I'm, I'm sorry, four, 496 Americans that, that are losing a job so that it can be outsourced for a fraction of the price, which, like you said, the gap is closing – I just don't think it's right. I no. mean, I, I, I just don't think it's right. I mean, it's a moral issue at that point. I know you've got you know, shareholders. I know you've got responsibilities. but And I get that right. part. I get the – you know, I'm, I'm not insensitive to the business needs. Um, but, you know – It also feels like these things 
need to be local. This support needs right. to be local. Agreed. I don't know how they can support from India magic bands. But mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the news. All right, we are going to move right into rapid fire, and I'm going to start with you. I actually don't have a rapid fire. I'm going to be doing a segment after. Oh, that's fire, right. That's so. right. You're doing the vacation accounts. Right. So, all right, I'll let, I'll let it slide this time. Thank you, Kevin. Disney has uh, released uh, images of its first Latina princess. Her name is Elena, and uh, there's also going to be a Polynesian princess named Moana. And this is from Disney Junior, correct? Um, is where this is originating. Disney India. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's from a Disney Junior show. She is <laughs> the spinoff of <laughs> Sophia the First, I believe. Okay. Are both princesses coming from that show, or is the other princess from Moana that? is the live action, or not the live action? The sorry, the movie. animation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Feature length animation. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy. Uh, Disney Cruise Line is changing their uh, final payment and cancellation policies, and it goes into effect March 3rd. And the important thing to know is it's for all new bookings, bookies, bookings in which the new um, sale date has changed, and bookings that are reinstated. So anything that you've made a change, you've got an existing reservation and you change the date, there's a new cancellation policy, and we'll have all that up on our website. I was going to say, please don't try to explain it. Yeah, no, I'm so not. Convoluted. If you're left-handed and it's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, it's it's crazy that you know when you sent this to me, I, just, I responded back. You know, nothing like making it even more complicated than <laughs> it already is. I mean, it's based if, on like the stay. It's based it's, on itinerary. It's wow. based on the color shirt you're wearing, <laughs> whether it's a waning moon or a waxing yeah. moon. Um, if the tide is high, it's 120 days. If the tide is low, it's 90 days. It's insane. What benefit is there to making it? You, the you, more popular sailings will have stricter cancellation mm-hmm. policies. Okay. It's basically and, the okay. Disney okay. And Disney also gets to sit on the money longer. <laughs> um, okay. Basically. So, um, I, I don't know. I, it's very complicated. It is very, very complicated. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Dustin. Yeah, I'm just going to mention briefly, we have uh, February merchandise events and artist appearance and signings available um, uh, on the Diz, and they're also going to be linked to in the show notes page. Uh, one of note is in February 13th is Friday the 13th, and they'll have a, 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 an artist showing and signing at the uh, the gift shop for uh, Tower of Terror, and it'll be fr- uh, Friday the 13th themed. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, Very cool. Really, really yeah, but cool. just uh, check the show notes page, and we'll have all the links there for that. That's a good reminder. Everything that we talk about on the show, you can find linked on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. Just select the Orlando show, and you'll see all the shows. Select this week's show. February 3rd, and you'll find all the links. So, Thank you, Dustin. Greg? I've got two pretty quick ones. The uh, first one is the Trolley Car Cafe. The new Starbucks at Hollywood Studios is opening today. Officially, it's been soft open for the past couple days. Uh, So sometime this week, get over there, check it out, get lots of pictures and video of it, so that way you can see it. Does the cup have the hat on it? It does not, no. (laughs) They designed that a little bit in the... uh, Wow, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> and job. my next one is uh, <laughs> just right before the show started, uh, Trader Sam's Grog God Grotto released the name of the drinks that are going to be there. Um, oh, nice. Some of the new ones will be the Castaway Crush, uh, Polynesian Pearl, Nautilus, uh, Dro- Dark and Tropical Stormy, and the Tahitian Torch. Those are the new ones that will be here. They're also going to bring over some of the ones from Disneyland, like Shrunken Zombie Head, Aoa, Krakatoa Punch, and they say more. And then a lot of the non-alcoholic ones, like the Skipper Sipper, Schweitzer Falls, and Polynesian Punch, will also be coming over here. Coincidentally, coincidentally, also the name of the Indian IT workers. That's really great. Craig, the chat people want to know what the logo on your hat is for. It is for Dunedin Brewery. It is a microbrew over in Dunedin, Florida, by Tampa and Clearwater. No, you can't have one. <laughs> no. <laughs> do Do you know if we're we're getting the uh, the mugs? The cool yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Some of them we're will have their own great. special mugs. They didn't say if they'll bring the Disneyland mugs versions over here. If those will stay at Disneyland only, uh, but you know we're going to have one where it actually a clamshell opens up oh, wow. and the drink will come out of that that's cool and a special cool. mug. I, so I, I have to tell you it is one of the things i am not for the drinks because i don't drink but 
Uh, I'm so excited for Trader Sam's to open here. It is one of my favorite places yeah. out in Disneyland. I'm really glad they're bringing it out here. Um, so very, very excited. Thanks for that update, Craig. You're welcome. Um, all right. Uh, John, you have some things to discuss with us I do. about Disney vacation accounts. I do. Um, Disney vacation accounts are getting a lot of uh attention on our boards. People are talking about them quite frequently. And we're getting a lot of questions about it from our clients, our Dreams Unlimited Travel clients. So I wanted to touch base on it for those of you who weren't aware of what it is, give you some information, some of the things I found out, which I thought was really cool, and hopefully maybe it's something people can benefit from. Uh, The Disney Vacation account, think of it like an old-fashioned Christmas account. Okay. It helps you save money incrementally towards a goal. And this particular instance, it's your Disney vacation. Um, but it's much more than that. One of the, the big differences is there's no uh, interest. You just sort of give Disney your money, they hold it, and you can apply it towards a Disney vacation. There is a monetary advantage to it, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But there's no real, it's not a savings account as in it's going to pay you interest. However, um, they have a really cool tool that you can access and basically you put in when you're going to travel, when you think you are going to need the money by, and how much the cost is going to be. And it gives you a little bit of information about how you can save for this. You can do it either weekly, biweekly, or monthly. And it tells you you have to save X amount of dollars uh, in this time frame in order to meet your goal. Um, You can do this. uh, And one of the things that it allows you to do as well is then contribute to this account automatically. So you can set it up with a credit card and have it automatically put money into this account on the time frame that you'd like to have it added to. So if you say monthly I want to put in $100, it will automatically go and put $100 into the account. And you can see a chart how much you've saved. It's kind of neat. I actually signed up for it to go through the process, and it's a pretty cool uh, system. Um, One of the things that you can do is uh, you can do this in advance of five years of your vacation. So you don't have to travel right away. Wow. Something you can do to, to, to save money over a very long period of time. There are no fees to set up the account or to maintain the account. And you can withdraw the money at any time <clears throat> and also be fully refunded if you so decide that you know, you're not going to use it for the actual vacation. Um, one of the things about this account that is a plus is that for every $1,000 you spend on a Disney vacation, and then they say qualifying Disney vacation, there are some places where it doesn't apply, you can get a $20 Disney gift card. So basically mm. there's a 2% return on your money if you do this and you do it sort of appropriately and you keep track of it. Um, the qualified vacation purchases have to be made prior to December 31st, 2017, However, they're thinking that if this is a popular thing, they're going to extend it past that. Is it is it proving to be popular? On the boards, it's extremely popular. It's something. There's actually someone on the boards who I was following her thread, and she does. She's decided that she is just going to keep putting money into it, and then she travels every year. So as she travels, she applies that towards her vacation. She gets a twenty dollars gift card for every thousand dollars. Uh, it's up to a total of $500 in Disney gift cards per household that they'll pay you back, and you must be active in the account for a minimum of 120 days. So it's not something you can go and like throw all your money in and then all of a sudden take it out and get these gift cards. <laughs> uh, they will send you the gift cards in about four to six weeks in advance of your vacation date so that you have it in time for your vacation. Now, do you have to fund it? Only with like a checking account or a debit card, or can you fund it with a credit card? It's actually only by a debit or credit card, but you can also use a Disney gift card. It's not set up with a savings account or checking account. Okay, so but you can use your credit card and say, take a hundred dollars off my credit card every month. So if you use your Disney Visa credit card, you're getting the you're getting the points there too. Oh, you double up on the uh, so you double up on the. That's not problem is if you're one of those people who doesn't pay their credit card off every month, then you're paying interest, interest on it and yeah. the, right. the benefit is lost. True. Because you're paying more than 2%. Right. One of the things that is a plus of this is, as Pete said, if you use your Disney Visa, you also get the perks, which could be a gift card, which you can then use to put towards your vacation. Target, so, you can use your card at Target, get the 5%, put that in your account, which goes 
So there's a I was going to mention that as well. Target with their red card, not only do they give you the the sort of cash back for purchasing with them, but they also run specials. Right now, there was a special just recently where it was like twelve percent off. Yeah, there's Disney another company cards. you have to go through first, and then you buy Target cards and. Right now, just so people understand, with Target and buying the Disney gift cards, it can be with their red card credit card, but they also do a red card debit card. Attaches to your checking account just the same way as a debit card would. Acts just like a debit card, only can be used at Target, but you get that percentage off when you buy the Disney gift card. So you buy a $100 Disney gift card, is it 5%? Mm -hmm. So a $100 Disney gift card costs you $95. Um, so you talk about you know taking that and applying it to this vacation account. Uh, you talk about the two percent you're getting from Disney. Um, you know if you're smart and you play it right, you can actually do pretty well. There are people out on the boards who are doing incredible with it, are really enjoying it. Um, one of the things I want to mention is that um, if you already have a Disney.com account, you can use that login to create this account. Very easy. As I said, I did it. Super easy, super simple to set up. You can stop the contributions at any time. So if sometime you say, listen, I can't afford it anymore, you can just go in and say, stop my contributions. Um, there are some restrictions <clears throat> to creating an account. You have to be a resident of the 50, United, 50 states, Puerto Rico, or Washington, D.C. Uh, you have to be at least the age of majority, which is 18 in most jurisdictions. Other places have different uh, ages of uh, where you can actually enter into a contract that's important to understand. You have to have a valid email address. You have to set up a Disney.com account. You have to have a debit credit card or Disney gift card. And an, a minimum initial contribution of $10 is required to set it up. Now, can you use this for things other than Disney World? Can it be for Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Alani? Correct. All of the above. You awesome. Can do it for all those things, including ticket purchases, are eligible as well. If you just want to do a standalone ticket purchase, this is a really smart thing. I think it's really cool because we often hear that from our clients. Um, I would like to save up for a vacation that I haven't booked yet, and we don't have the capability to do that. We don't want to hold your money, but I think this is a great way for Disney to do it, even if you haven't booked a vacation. John will hold your money exactly. <laughs> Levi's jeans, uh, right rear pocket. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to Vegas. I want to answer a question. Yes, you can use this vacation account to book through a travel agent. I was just going to say that was my next point. Let me give some more information on that. Um, you can use it to book. If you book with a travel agent, you can certainly use this to pay for your vacation. All the same perks apply. Everything applies. However, the vacation account is very, uh, it's kind of a little bit sensitive. You're given a 16-digit code, which is your account. If you share this code with anybody, they can access your money. Oh. So basically what Disney says is, listen, don't give out this number to anybody. Don't even give it to your travel agent. So if you do book with, let's say, Dreams Unlimited Travel, there is a phone number that you call directly with Disney. You use your confirmation number from your reservation, your account number, and they will then put that towards your reservation. What we would ask as your travel agent is then you let your agent know so it can be reflected in our systems that you made a payment. But um, I think it's a really cool system. I, again, I played with it. I've set it up. It's already taken a debit out of the credit card. Very easy. It has a very cool sort of graph tool that shows you your earnings, and it's cute. It's got Huey, Dewey, and Louie in there. And Donald I've worked Dock. with clients who have used it for Adventures by Disney. And it- and I think especially for those bigger ticket vacations, the cruises, the adventures by Disney, Alani, the ones that are routinely going to run $5,000 or more. This probably is, is really, really helpful. This is good for people that, you know, have a hard time saving like on their own. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you go, I'm going to set aside $50 a week or something. And I've got a lot of friends that, uh, believe it or not, never even been to, Disney or Universal, or, and you're friends with them. I'm friends with them. I know, I know. And they, they they see my Facebook and they they roll their eyes every time they see a photo of me at like Harry Potter World or something. <laughs> but yeah, like they, they um, you know they just have a hard time uh, saving. I think on their own for whatever reason. And uh, I think this is cool. We always use the Target. You know, yeah. I, I think our dreams unlimited travel agent probably hates us when we have like 50 gift cards that we it happens all the time. But well, one of the pluses is you go and you would enter your gift cards here. And then it'll be one payment with right. Disney. So a little bit mm-hmm. easier. 
Something I just have to say as far as gift cards are concerned, you have to maintain those gift cards. Yeah. Right. Because if something happens to your trip or you have to cancel your trip or for whatever reason you're not going, Disney will only put that money that you've spent back on those gift cards. The original form of payment. And if right. you do not have those gift cards, you you're are out. out of luck. Three grand. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One of the things about this is that you can do a, a savings plan where you almost don't miss the money. You know, if you did 50 bucks every two weeks or something like that, you can get used to not having that money. Right. It eventually adds up. Um, this is one of those things I th- – what's interesting is uh, last week I think you talked about you're going to keep an open mind about Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You might change your mind. This is one of the things I really changed my mind about. At first I heard it I thought, mm-hmm. this is – who would do this? This is crazy. Hold on to your own money. Put in your own savings account. I realize you're not getting any interest, but it's your money. Keep it as long as you can, and then give it to Disney. I think this is the exception to the rule. Mm. I think this yeah, is where I you should really look you. into. Um, a couple of things. Pete mentioned you can use it for Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. Now, there is a weird little section in here that says you can also use it for hotel-only reservations at the following hotels. And those hotels are basically all Walt Disney World hotels. I don't know why the Disneyland-owned and operated Disney hotels are not on this list, Hmm. but it's just one of those weird things that says these are the hotels if you do a room-only reservation. What do you think they're going to do with this? I feel like this is like testing grounds for something even bigger, like Bank of Disney. You know (laughs) what I mean? They have a credit card now. Yeah. Now they have savings accounts for you now. Maybe Maybe. they could... uh, Tie this somehow to your magic band and finally give you a form of payment on your magic band. You know, we're going to start can... reverse mortgages next year. <laughs> I actually think it's a good idea. Biatical settlements. I think that, you know what? Attach it to a magic band, have someone like the pizza says, I want to pay, even though I'm not staying on property. Right. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. There's any number of things that, that may happen with it. All right, John, thank you very much for that. You're welcome. That is going to do it for this episode. For those of you watching live, coming up next, we're going to have a discussion about on-property hotels versus off-property. So stay tuned for that. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Diz Unplugged. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Bye.